You're listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show on 96.7 FM KBBE or at midkansasonline.com. This is your chance to hear from the McPherson College coaches and student athletes each week during the sports year. The McPherson College Coaches Show is brought to you by JAR Performance Automotive, Alliance Agency, Next Tech Wireless, and Cheatham Construction. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Welcome into our McPherson College Coaches Show tonight as we are in the middle of this KCAC postseason basketball race. It is a busy time of year. Spring sports are attempted to be played right now. It is very weird because there's snow on the ground, there's ice, it's cold, but we're still in indoor season here for just a little bit longer. And Steve Sell, it is going to be a very interesting day on Saturday for the McPherson College men's basketball team. The women have been eliminated from the KCAC Conference Tournament race, but the men... They are trying to be at home, and they can do it with a win on Saturday against the number one team in the conference. Yeah, and they reached 20 wins last night. That's a great milestone for a team that won 10 last year. Uh, The women play at three, the men at five. It's a a matinee is what I like to call them. But everybody needs to come out, especially for the men's game. It's senior night, so come at three. Stay for the men's game because Ottawa is the – is leading the conference. The Bulldogs beat them up there one of the few times Ottawa lost this year. Ottawa ranked number six of the country. If you want to see some great basketball, come out to that game, and then the Bulldogs just have to await their fate to find out if they're going to be home next week or on the road for the first round. We're hoping they're home. Uh, Chances are friends might be the opponent. But if the Bulldogs just take care of business and upset Ottawa here on Saturday, they know they'll be home. It would be a very fun environment next week if they get a home game, something that this program has been – Waiting for for a long, long time. Long time, been a long time since those uh, years, four straight years where they went to nationals and, you know, the bus, you could put it on automatic pilot and knew where Branson, Missouri was. There you go. Well, we'll start our McPherson College Coaches Show and hear from Bulldog football coach Jeremiah Fiscus, who gives us a little update on what they've been up to over the last couple months. Starting off our McPherson College Coaches Show tonight, we are joined by Bulldog football coach Jeremiah Fiscus, who I think has been hibernating and has been staying away from us for the last two months we've barely been able to see him but we do know that you have been hard at work after a five and six season this past year five and five in the KCAC fill us in what have you been up to besides probably the R word recruiting uh you know you're obviously it is recruiting um you know the other the other biggest things are um program evaluation and and development of of your kids so that's you know this time of year, that's the, the three things. And, and quite honestly, as we're sliding out of the recruiting piece of it, because we've done, you know, I mean, we're, we've done pretty well thus far. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit of continued development, continued evaluation, and, and quite honestly, some, <laughs> some much needed rest and rejuvenation for this coaching staff. Cause you know, I've, I've drove these guys pretty hard. We didn't really, you know, take a break after the season. We went, you know, Season ended on Saturday in Avila. On Tuesday, every one of us were on the road uh, in the state looking at, at, the, at the junior colleges and things of that nature. And what people don't realize, some people might think, well, the season's over, the players are done until, you know, they come back in the fall. But that is not the case. They get in the weight room. And uh, I'm sure you've got some uh, weight room warriors that have really done a good job in there. Yeah, you know, we've, you know, it's, it's um, guys are developing. We're a young team. I mean, there's, you know, we were a young team this year with all of those freshman guys and, and a handful of transfers, you know. So there's a lot of kids that are in their first ever off-season program at the collegiate level. And, you know, thus far I've liked how they've responded 
to the challenges we present daily. What kind of numbers as far as guys you think will be back from this year's team to next year? And then what would you like to bring in numbers-wise by the time you're done? Well, I know it's fluid. This, but the- well, this spring with us right now, uh, we have 99 players this spring. So large spring ball, going to be a fun spring ball. Gonna you know, be, I, 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 cover, be, I covered a spring game one year where there were 18 players. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, 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 I can only assume. I don't have any statistical data, but I don't, I don't know that there's ever been 99 kids here in the spring before. No, so never. We, I can tell you for a fact. Um, you know, so, so we should have a – it's, you know, we should have a competitive spring, and we're going to make it competitive. Um, you know, and then, and then we've, we've signed a large class uh, – We've signed a very large class for the fall, so we're we're probably looking at reporting in somewhere between 100 and 140 and 150 in in August. And that seems to be the norm in the KCAC for some schools, but uh, uh, you know that's just a great number to work with. But uh, anyway, uh, what have what have been your recruiting targets in the off season? Obviously, you always say every position, but what areas in specific? Well, I mean, it's you know. There were some specific needs we wanted to address. Um, some specific needs that we wanted to address with transfers um, to, you know, to either improve or to drive competition, and then and we did well with that. And then, you know, with the the high school kids, um, you know, there's you know you're looking, you know, we we're going to retain fairly decent from last year's class, and we're you know you kind of go through and say okay. Where are points of emphasis, and where are points that we're going to retain, and these kids are going to get better? Um, you know, just like for example, we only lose two guys on the other line, and they were guys that, by the last half of the season, they were they were playing halftime or, or or minimal reps. You know, so those kids should you know get better. Um, those kids should grow and develop and learn the, their craft. So, you know, a lot of it, you know, um, a lot of it is with high school. It, is is long game stuff you know you're you're looking to build a program that you know quite honestly when you take a transfer he should be a guy that you know as you move forward with the growth and development of a program when you take a transfer he should be a guy that every coach in this league would say that kid will make my team better Mm -hmm. you know you don't you don't take a transfer just to have a number and that's what we're working towards with the kind of high school athletes we bring in and you know we're still working through that and that's a process you know um north dakota state didn't become north dakota state overnight they they also don't rarely recruit transfer kids you know they're homegrown kids they're kids that come there for a reason and that's that's what we're working towards not to say that we won't always recruit and evaluate transfers but you know that's when you're looking at the high school level kids going into year two we played so many guys young year one that Hopefully it's it's really not fair on the program or the kid to say, hey, you've been on campus three weeks, get out there and play, go. That's not that's not development. That's not that's not the deal. Well, one thing that I think has got to be maybe a little less stressful for you at this time than compared to where you were a year ago is you were trying to play a little catch up. You're you're in your first year. You're trying to get your recruiting process going. You're not only trying to do that. You're trying to keep guys here and keep them around. I would imagine at this time a year ago. Life was a little bit more hectic. You were new. Your staff was new. What are some differences between last year in February to this year in February? Is it just more comfortability at this time? Yeah. Well, you know, last year um, we were still throttled down recruiting. I mean, it was full go recruiting. And, 
nobody, we were learning the inner workings of each other. I mean, nobody knew, um, when I say that you can put things on paper and you can talk about them, but you know, until you get out to spring ball day one and they see what I want operated and you're coaching everybody on the fly, the coaches, the players, you know, so there is a level of comfortability where it's, you know, at this point it is more development and retention based things, um, and making these kids better and com- and turning the competition level up, you know. So when you're not playing catch up um, as a coach, you don't have to walk on eggshells about your numbers. You don't have to, you know. It is coaching hard, developing hard, and and you know, putting guys in situations where they can become comfortable being uncomfortable. What have been some of the recruiting hotbeds? Some places where uh, you've really found a lot of success in what states? Well, you know, I know it, you're going all over, but. Uh, you know, it's we we have kids from everywhere. It's it's not you know our approach is a little different than a lot of guys, um, you know, because there are there are millions of kids out there that that are looking for opportunities, and if you spend your time finding them, the biggest the biggest thing about it is, you know, looking at ability versus fit. Um, you want somebody that wants to be at McPherson College, not just because they like the program or like. You know, that you want somebody that can appreciate, enjoy, and take advantage of the opportunities and the amenities that this this college has to offer. Well, Coach Fiscus, we keep talking about spring ball. When does it start for you guys, and and what does that kind of look like in that short window here in the very end of the second semester? Um, This year, spring ball will start right after spring break, so we're looking at, you know, kind of a a period in April there. Um, You know, and it's going to be fun. We have the numbers where, you know, at least half of those practices, everything is going to be live. We're going to figure out who can play. We're going to figure out who wants to compete at a high level. We're going to figure out who can make a play um, because everything's good when you have a red jersey on or, you know, everything's good when it's a quick whistle. But can can you, you know, can the quarterback redirect the protection and, and get the ball out hot? Can can a blitzer make a sack? Can the O-line block the, the, the blitzing linebacker? Can Can the receiver make a play when he knows he can get tackled, you know? All of those kind of things, you know, th- this year with our, you know, with us being older, you know, from, from last year a bit, with us having more numbers, with us being stronger, with us having a better knowledge base, um, that's going to allow us to turn that competition level really, really up. It really will. Well, when it comes to the spring game, sometimes teams will do some different things. Sometimes they'll bring out play-by-play announcers or color announcers or sports writers and have them participate in the game. And I really want you to involve Steve. No, I really want him to line up at running back for your team in the spring. I'd run the bootleg. I'll tell you what, I'm a big bootleg guy. You know, we might have to. You know, I might have to have a couple of GMs here and let you guys draft up the teams. That's you know, last year. That's what I'm hoping. Last year we had a lot of fun with it. The kids did because we did we we did a draft and they drafted. You know, they drafted kids. We had two. We had two. You know. Two GMs, um, you know, had a commissioner, the whole there deal. There you go. And, that sounds like fun. You know, the, the kids. I'd rather see Steve play I, running back. I don't, th- <laughs> I don't think so. I think he'd be an okay GM, but we're looking forward to following what this Bulldog football team could do in year two. And if it really gets going here in the second semester, Coach Fiscus, great to see you. Hopefully we see you again before the, the spring gets going. You bet, gentlemen. I appreciate you. Thanks, Coach. Starting off our McPherson College Coaches Show tonight, we're joined by Bulldog women's basketball coach Josh Nichols as his team lost last night against the Avila Eagles here at home, 67-65, to a game where they had the final possession and had a chance at the final shot 
after trailing for almost the entire game. It, it turned out to be a really crazy finish against an Avila team that has a lot of very good players. They were able to make some shots early in the game and kind of get some separation. But your defense stepped up in the second half, gave you a chance. And I think, especially if you look back to where you were at halftime or early on in the second half, to think you had a chance to win or tie the game at the very end. Yeah. It was a great job defensively by your team. Yeah, um, probably, a, you know, somewhat of a coaching mistake by myself. I, I We went zone in the first half of quite a bit of the first half because we were dealing with some illnesses and we we're trying to protect some kids and uh, just didn't know if we had the energy and the stamina to really um, chase them around for 40 minutes and uh, you know they, they knocked down some threes and once we went to our man-to-man -man, I thought we played really really well um, you know defensively especially in the second half. And Avila is a team that really relies on three players they have three players who came into the game combining for 45 points a game they had 47 the margin of victory is two, so they got two points over their average, and that proved to be the margin. But uh, you had to be really proud of how hard your team played defensively. And, and you know, you got down – we've seen this at home many times where you get down, you know, double digits, but they always find a way to come back and, and make it interesting at the end. And, and Brittany made two great plays at the end, and, and then uh, you had 2.7 seconds left. Uh, what was the – was it just Brittany put her head down and drive? Was that the play, or what did you have called for that last um, play? You know, we were hoping they would we they would match up a little bit tighter with us man to man wise. Instead, they kind of um, stuck a help defender in the middle of the lane. So what we had drawn up was a double screen for her to loop around and hopefully catch the ball on the run uh, to get a basket. And then we were going to set the same double screen for Ellie coming right behind her. So if she did draw a bunch of attention, hopefully she'd be open on the backside. And yeah, the way she shot the ball, I had every confidence in the world she'd nail a three to win the game for us if if she got that. What an improbable! You were down. Five with 10 seconds to go and, and almost won that game. So a uh, great comeback. But now, um, you know, you're, that eliminated you from the KCAC postseason. How do you see the postseason playing out for the teams that are in it? Is it, is it basically a two-team race or three-team race? Or is there somebody playing well right now that might surprise? Um, you know, when you look at kind of the top five tier, um, you know, they all have their different strengths and weaknesses. You know, when you're looking at K-Dub, they got the inside-outside game. Um, they shoot the three really well, and they defend well. They, you know, they get in that two-three zone. They're really big. They're really long, uh, causing problems, um, you know, trying to get the, you know, the scoring inside. Um, you look at uh, um, second place is Sterling right now, and, and they can score. Uh, yeah. You know, they can flat-out score, and they, f they play so hard. They're limited in their uh, personnel a little bit. They don't, they're not real deep, um, but they have you know they have size and they have athleticism to match. Um, you know Bethany kind of in that third spot. You know uh, they do a good job of, of really really kind of uh, controlling uh, the games that they play. And every time I see that on film, and they have you know again size and athleticism. And they play uh, Sterling on Saturday. Yeah, that'll yeah. be interesting. That'll tell us a lot. Yeah, because they they could turn around and play each other again. Right. Uh, the following. For the opening round, and then you look at someone like Tabor, who just really defensively is is got to be. Um, I don't know if their stats line up to be, but they're they're the toughest team to score on in the league. They just play solid defense, um, and they you know they've, they've improved offensively throughout the year. And then Avila in that fifth place with that three-headed monster. Those three get going, and and they're so big across the board. You know, if you looked out there at one point, you saw someone about. 5-11 run the point for them. Right. Uh, and, you know, they can post up just about any one of their players out there except for the Faulkner kid. But, you know, they, they cause a lot of matchup problems too. So um, if I'll, I'll stick with this because I said it a long time ago. 
Bethany and K-Dub in the finals with K-Dub winning. And that's what I'm thinking, too. I'm right there with you because – Bethany plays such great defense. They played Tabor last night, a 47-44 game. So, wow. so you know, Bethany didn't put a lot of points on the board, and Tabor uh, got them last night. But, again, um, KW, until somebody mm-hmm. proves otherwise. And the other thing, if KW wins the conference, they're in. So, mm-hmm. I always feel like the, the team that wins the conference is already qualified, maybe isn't quite 100% focused on yeah. the tournament. That happens sometimes. Um, you know, I, I've been a part of teams that have won that regular season – and went uh, to the finals and lost. And I've been on the, on the other side of it where we finished third one year and when we won the tournament, uh, conference tournament. So, you know, so that can happen. But at the same time, I, you know, those kids are such competitors and Coach Shulman's such a competitor. I don't I don't think there'll be a letdown for them. They want to keep the, the, the momentum going. Well, when it comes to your season, I think when we look back on it, the thing that will change is something at semester, the defense for your team, something changed. And I don't know what it was because first semester – your team defensively, a lot like what we saw last night in the second half. You were lights out. You gave teams a lot of problems. They had to kind of junk up what they were doing. And then something else kind of changed. And they were and teams were able to make shots on you. They were able to kind of run and beat you down the floor. I think that's what we'll look back at at some point here and say, that was the changing point of this season is that your defense went from maybe the best in the conference to right into the middle of the pack, and when you're a team that doesn't score with the teams at the top, I think that was the difference. Yeah, and I and I wish you did could pinpoint the problem because I'd have asked you because <laughs> I've I've been trying to figure it out all semester long as well. And uh, you know we were humming along pretty good, uh, going rolling into break, and we came back and just you know weren't able to focus and, and do the, the the small fundamental things defensively, and they were just breakdown after breakdown after breakdown, and we we work on them, we work on them, we work on them. And then we just couldn't apply them to game time action. And, and a handful of times we did. And when we did, we played really well. And, you know, the second half last night, the second half at Oklahoma Wesleyan. Um, so there's, there, there's parts of the second half of the season where it's there. It just wasn't consistent. And uh, that was really frustrating. Ottawa here on Saturday to wrap up the regular season. And that's – you have the exact same record in conference mm-hmm. play. They got you up there and – now, if you can get them here, you finish ahead of them. So that has yeah. to be a goal. You have, you got to set goals no matter what. Yeah, and, and and honestly, we feel like, you know, while the while the final score was was a little lopsided, yeah, we were up in the fourth quarter, and they just they just pounded us in the fourth quarter. They made a lot of threes in the fourth quarter. Uh, we turned it over a lot, and and the score probably didn't indicate um, how close the game actually was. We feel like we let one slip away up there, so. Yeah, we got to get that one back. And that's a game that kind of kick-started them because they mm-hmm. were only two and nine at the time. Yeah. They've they've been five hundred the second semester in conference yeah. play. And and you know you know Jim asked me a good question yesterday. Is, you know what is it with them? And it's the ability to make the three pointer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great equalizer when you don't have the you know, maybe you don't have the talent or athleticism or size uh, as another team. But if you're knocking down seven, eight, nine threes a game. Uh, you got the ability to win games. It'll be like the Southwestern men make 15 and 16. Those <laughs> yeah. guys are just – it seems like every game I look at the box and they're having 15 or 16 yeah. threes. Yeah, that, that is a great equalizer. And, and something's hurt us all year long. I thought it was something we addressed um, in recruiting. And, you know, we kind of have to go back to the drawing board with that and readdress it again. Well, Coach Nichols, we'll talk to you on Saturday as you guys play Ottawa at three. Thank you. Wrapping up tonight's McPherson College Coaches Show, we're joined by men's basketball coach T.J. Eskelson, whose team reached the 20-win mark last night. They're now 20-9 after a 78-69 win over the Avila Eagles. A little lower scoring than your team normally plays. Normally average about 84, 85 points per game. 
but I thought it was your defense that did a really good job in finishing that game strong, and yeah. you gave the ball to Fred Watson and said, go win us a game. Yeah. I thought those two things were the difference last night. Yeah, uh, Dorian Page on Shannon Boone last night defensively was huge. Uh, Dorian's kind of – Dorian's now played against Shannon three times and held him under his average every time. He put quite significantly under his average uh, every time we played them. Uh, and Dorian, I think Dorian kind of took that as a challenge last night and, and did a great job defensively on him. Uh, Fred Watts, it was nice to see him kind of get out of his funk that he was in. He's been having excellent practices, and it just hadn't been translating into games uh, in the last last few weeks. Uh, but last night he was huge for us. He got a lot of he got a lot of rebounds. Um, he, he finished shots in the paint. He, he made some jump shots. He made a three, uh, and and having him having him play well was big. You uh, took command of that game uh, halfway through the first half. It was pretty much even the first ten minutes. You go up nine at the half. You kept that about eight to twelve lead clear up until about the final two minutes, and then they drained a couple threes. You got it. They got it down to three. But Trevon Shelvin, what a big shot at the shot clock buzzer. Delvon drew the defense, kicked it out, and and. The moment it left his hand, your whole bench was standing up with the three sign because they knew yeah. Trevon gets that much time and is that open, he's not going to miss. Yep. And he shot that ball with a lot of confidence. Yeah, uh, Trevon, that's, just, that's a huge shot. Um, Trevon, Trevon, if he's if he's open, it, you feel pretty good that it's going to go in and it's in rhythm. Um, and Delvon, like you said, did a great job of showing patience and not trying to force something late in the shot clock and just made the right basketball play. Uh, it was a little frustrating that we were in that position. I, I thought th- we missed a lot of free throws last night, and that's something that we haven't done this year. Um, that was kind of frustrating. But any way you can win a game is, is good, and we'll, we'll take a win. And this is a little different game because you were able to pound it inside. A lot of teams you don't pound it inside because you're yeah. not very big. But uh, I felt like I kept saying on the broadcast, just get it inside to Fred because they can't stop Fred. Yeah. And, boy, he was—he only missed four shots last night, used yeah. his strength. And it was kind of – we said it at one point, this is a 6-3 and under yeah. game because there was hardly a guy over 6-3 on the floor sometimes. No, yeah. And they're, they're and that's part of the reason they're t- kind of tough to match up with too because they just don't – number five for them kind of plays inside, but he can step out. And they just try to spread you out a, a lot. And um, they're very athletic. Uh, they're, they're a good team. I mean, they've, they've beaten Ottawa by 20. They beat Rockhurst, uh, Division Two, who's a very good Division Two. Um they they they're they're they've got talent and there's no doubt about that um, and they're they're a scary team. Well, we now have moved into scoreboard watching zone as yeah. your team is getting ready for the conference tournament next week. You're in. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah. We do have to worry about number one who you're going to be playing yeah. and number two where you're going to be playing because yeah. if it ended right now at this second, yeah. you would be the number four seed. You would yeah. be at home and you would be taking on friends in a game where you went you won one fourteen to one oh six in overtime the first time. Yeah. If you win against Ottawa, you will be the number four seed. Yeah. It is very clear. It is very easy. Yeah. Now, if you guys don't beat Ottawa on Saturday, then things get really <laughs> weird. Yeah. And there's the potential for a four-way tie for fourth place, yeah. meaning that if you end up on the winning side of that tie, you could still be number four. Yeah. If you end up on the losing side of the tie, you could be the number, number seven. seven. Yeah. So a lot goes into this weekend in terms of if you lose. But how about we just make it simple? Exactly. And you just go out and win, and you be the number four seed. Yep, I think that's the easiest thing is just take care of yourself. I mean, if we can, we can knock off Ottawa, which is – not going to be an easy task. Uh, they're, they're, they won the championship for a reason uh, this year. 
But, yeah, if you can take care of our own business, it's it's nice to have your own fate in your own hands. And um, if we if we were to lose, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, uh, but I have confidence in our guys that they'll be ready on Saturday. Now, is Ottawa clinched? Uh, Ottawa's clinched. Yeah, they won at least a share of the conference championship last night. Okay, I didn't know yeah. if, how they had the tiebreaker with OW if yeah. it came down to a tie between them. But Ottawa, yeah. you know, kind of like you guys, Ottawa wasn't – talked of in the top two or three at the start of the yeah. season. I think they were five or six. And they lost some great players. Jim's favorite player, Indiana Tasmania <laughs> Jones. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Isaiah Palmer, a great player. Yeah. But, man, what, what's it been about Ottawa that's made them so good this year? They they just have excellent chemistry, I think. Uh, they're, they're the best offensive team in our league. You just look at them statistically, and they're shooting almost over 50% from the floor, over 40% from three. Uh, they have a lot of different guys that can score. Um, they, they, they just, they're a very, very solid team. Uh, they get up and down the floor really well. They're, they're, they're a solid defensive team. They're, they're just, they're, they're very good and they're playing well together. They all know their roles. Uh, they bought into our roles. I, I feel like they're kind of similar to us. They've just had a little bit more success than we have this year. Um, they've shot the ball a little bit better the whole year than, than, than we have. But, um, in terms of just style of play and, uh, and, and guys buying into roles, which I think has been huge for us this year. Um, I think that's that's kind of what's led to their success. Well, Coach Askelson, we're looking forward to Saturday for senior night, taking on the Ottawa Braves, and then luckily we get some more basketball next week too. Yep, hopefully a home game. That'd be Let's awesome. hope so. We yep. sure hope so. Yep. Thanks, guys. We're wrapping up our McPherson College Coaches Show here tonight. Steve Sell, the snow is on the ground, at least for now. Yeah. And I don't know what that means. And by tomorrow, it'll probably be gone. I don't know what that means for Bulldog Baseball, who's supposed to be at home and trying to play on the turf. I don't know what it will all mean this weekend. So what I will tell you is the one place where you can go to try and get some updates on that MidKansasOnline.com. Well, there as well as MacBulldonks.com. That's and right. They'll be posting out on social media. And spring sports, especially like baseball and softball, it's real weird at this time of year. Sometimes they'll just send a text to another coach on the other side of the state or, in, or other side of the county and say, hey, you guys just want to play today? Sure. Okay, show up in an hour and they'll play. Yeah. It, it's a real weird time of year. Yeah, baseball's already played 12 games. I think they play 51 during the regular season. But this It's is hard got, to play baseball in the snow because this you lose is, the ball in the outfield. I'll tell you what, this spring for the McPherson College, this is an opportunity. They could win the baseball championship. They could win the softball championship. They could win, you know, a track one of the track teams could win. How about both, tennis? I was going to say both tennis are going to be favored to win. So this is going to be a, perhaps an incredible spring at McPherson College. The spring of the Bulldog. Yeah. The year of the Bulldog. Especially the spring of the Bulldog. <laughs> All right, Steve, we'll wrap up our McPherson College Coaches Show tonight. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening on 96.7 FM KBBE. The McPherson College Coaches Show is brought to you by JAR Performance Automotive. Alliance Agency, Next Tech Wireless, and Cheatham Construction. Thanks for listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show. You can listen to the show at our podcast page at soundcloud.com slash Sports, or watch the video of all the interviews at macbulldogs.com.